Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Welcome back to another episode of The Relatable Voice. Today we are headed to Georgia to speak with Jeff Benier. Jeff is a speaker, book author, the president of Tandem Grove Financial Advisors and has been providing financial advice to individuals and families for over 30 years. His new book, The Money and Meaning Journey, A Guide to Clarity, Financial Confidence and Joy, is coming in October. So, Jeff, welcome to the RV. Well, thanks for having me having me on today. I'd, I'm so grateful to be here. Yes, I'm super happy and excited to go to Georgia. <laughs> yeah, it's, Georgia's great. Could be a little could be a little warm, but fall is here, so it's all good. And you've lived in Georgia your whole life. Is that correct? That is correct. I I grew up in South Georgia and uh, been in Georgia my whole life. That is correct. This is my first time visiting. Jeff, I'm curious to know what is something people must do when visiting Georgia? Oh, boy, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> you know, Georgia is an interesting state because, you know, being being in the South, it, you know, people tend to think it moves slower and it and it does than some parts of the world. Um, Atlanta is, you know, the big metropolis. So there's a lot to offer in Atlanta with arts and theater and things like that. But, um, but, you know, we're, we have mountains, so you, we have beautiful landscapes and mountains in the North part of the state. Um, we have the Gulf, I mean, the coast over on the Atlantic, which is beautiful. Um, and then of course I'm, I'm a little biased. I, I enjoy South Georgia too, ro rolling, you know, farmlands and, uh, and, and a slower pace, but I, you know, it's, it's a tough question. I think, um, I, th I think if I had someone that was coming to Atlanta, um, you know, I guess it depends on their interest, but there's a lot of good history in Atlanta. Of course, the civil rights movement was big here with Martin Luther King's home church down downtown is really an, a neat place to visit. And uh, Coca-Cola founded uh -huh. here. So the world, the world of Coca-Cola uh -huh. is, uh, is a great place. And I'm a football fan. So uh, the NCAA's um, Hall of Fame, uh, football Hall of Fame is here. So those are some things you might check out while you're here. And what about food? Oh, food. Well, it, you know, it's it's um, Atlanta's an interesting city because a lot of people move here from other places, and it's a very it's a very international city. Um, the state uh, maybe not as much, but Atlanta certainly is. So there's all kind of food in Atlanta from all the all the, the melting pot of all the all the backgrounds. But 
Um, but you can never go wrong with um, with some good Southern food. It, there's a place called Mary Max that's been here for a hundred years. That's just good soul food, if you will, yeah. if you want Southern fare. I love Southern food. <laughs> so what is your favorite thing about living there? Um, I, I think the, I think the variety, um, you know, I'm not a cold weather guy, mm-hmm. but it does, but we do have winters, you know, so we do have, you know, it, it doesn't last very long. I'm an outdoors guy and a golfer. So I like to play a lot of golf and you can play golf here pretty much year round, wow. but we do get a change of season. So we get to wear our sweaters and, and fireplaces and all those kinds of things too. But it's it's pretty mild climate, so it's it's um, it's warm most of the time, and uh, and so you can be outside and, and play a lot of golf and fish like I do. So those are those are things I really like about it. And again, with Atlanta being um, you know is, is a is a hub for Delta Airlines, you can get to anywhere from Atlanta pretty darn quick. You know, we went, my wife and I went to St. John's in the Virgin Islands earlier this year, and um, a lot of my friends go to the Gulf Coast, which is about a six-hour drive. Well, I was in the be- on the beach in St. John's about the same amount of time as it would take me to drive to the Gulf Coast. So it's pretty nice to be able to get to a lot of places pretty quick. We have direct flights almost everywhere, thanks to, thanks to the airline being here. It's very good to be in a place that you can go and fly anywhere. For example, I lived in Pittsburgh, and it was kind of difficult. Was to- it? Yeah. Yeah. With- well, the, 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 the other thing about it is, you know, I can be all over the world fairly easily with the airline. But the interesting thing, too, is, I mean, I can be in really rural country setting with a slow pace and mountain streams in about an hour as well. So it's, it, you know, you, I think we get the best of both worlds. So don't tell everybody it's, you know. We don't no, <laughs> no, let's keep it a secret. That's right. That's that. right. And Seth, in your prep notes, you mentioned that you are passionate about being an independent advocate. Right. What happened in your career that fed this passion? Yeah, well, I'm I'm obviously in the wealth management business. So we help people manage their financial affairs and uh, build comprehensive financial plans to uh, and, and, and plans to fund their dreams. And our industry, the financial services industry, um, has largely been an industry that manufactured financial products um, to sell to the consumer. And I met an individual when I was in college who was a certified financial planner that impressed upon me the, the value in planning. And so I started my career with a firm that I was with for 17 years, building a financial planning practice inside of a larger organization. And uh, But it was a traditional um, financial services company. And so why I always acted like uh, a fiduciary, which essentially means that you're acting in your client's best interest, there was always pressure to use particular products or services because they were higher margin for the company. But I rejected that. I just always thought that if we helped enough people meet their financial goals, we would we would be just fine uh, financially. We would be compensated fairly. And, and, and that was true. But what happens in that world is if you survive long enough and you're a, a good guy uh, or gal, after some period of time, they'll give you an award for, for, for being a leader, I guess. And in 2002, it was my time to get the award. And uh, we were in San Francisco. Uh, my wife and I were in the 
in the, you know, the, the hall, it was the boondoggle, like the, the, the annual trip. And, uh, like five minutes before I was going to get this award, the president of the division that my group was under came up to me and asked me about one of the companies that we, that we used. And I was, I thought they were a great organization. I said, they're ethical, they're professional. They do a great job for our clients. And he was very frustrated. And he basically said that, well, we're probably not going to allow you to use this firm anymore because they won't, they won't pay for the trip. They won't pay for a booth. They won't. Um, and I just, I felt like a total fraud. Um, I was going to get on the stage. They were going to tell everybody how great I was and give me a, some kind of goofy medal <laughs> or plaque. And my wife was going to get flowers and, mm -hmm. and, but I disagreed with the way that they serve clients because I, I thought the client was the center and not, you know, not the, 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 the products or the, and so, um, I, we, we got through the ceremony and we got back up at the room. This was in 2002. And I basically just drew a line in the sand and told my wife, I said, uh, we, we've got to make a transition to be more of an advocate for the client and not be so beholden to the companies that, you know, have particular agendas. And now I get it. I mean, there's no, there are some great people that work in that world, mm -hmm. but for me, I really wanted to be free to serve clients wherever it took us, regardless of the, of the, whoever manufactured the product, so to speak. And then you decided to start your own financial advisory firm. Correct. Because yeah. of these. That's right. Well, so I've always believed in the value of financial planning, building plans that help people address a whole host of financial matters, you know, cash flow and tax and estate planning and investment management and, and, and behavior, you know, uh, trying to figure out how to have healthy behavior around your finances. And I built that within that firm, but I just felt constant pressure that I, I couldn't really be the advocate I wanted to be for my clients. So once this happened, I drew a line in the sand and we started uh, Tandem Growth Financial Advisors in, in 2003. Um, and so that was the idea to try to be a true advocate for the client and work in their best interest, regardless of, of where, where it took us. Sometimes things happen and it's just a way for us to wake up and change things in our life. Hmm? That's right. Well, and I think, you know, I, I, I stole this line from a coach that I had once, but, you know, he said, you know, the future and our goals give us motivation, right? They give us motivation to, to aspire for things. And the past is valuable for learning. And then, of course, we have to live and we have to live, but we have to live in the present, right? So we need to live here. But you can use the past as raw material to learn. And the future uh, obviously can motivate you to get you going. And the reason I bring that up is I've reflected back on that 2002 conference many, many times. And I've probably processed it slightly different than maybe reality. But the lessons that I learned were what were important. And so we can go back. I think the value for your for, for all of us is we can use our history to learn things even long after we've already done them, which can can be helpful. Totally. And, you know, Jeff, I'm not well versed in the financial world. So what do you think makes your company tenant growth different from other financial firms? Well, I mean, I, th I, th I think what we what we aspire to be is the first call. And what I mean by that is we want deep relationships and we want, and now this is aspirational. 
Uh, but when I say first call, we would like to be the first call when uh, I, people that we, we have relationships with, our clients, have a celebration. They have good news. We'd like to be the first call. When they have challenging news, we'd like to be the first call. Uh, so we want to be a partner. And now, again, that's aspirational. I mean, if someone has a financial tragedy, I'm assuming they're going to call their children or their family member or or others. But aspirationally, we want to be felt like part of the family in the sense that we want to be on the team. So one of the differentiators I, I would like to think is just personal uh, relationships. The second one is our this belief that I mentioned before about holistic financial planning or holistic wealth management. Uh, our industry has evolved over the years where large financial services companies have figured out that um, the investment management side of our business, which is critical uh, to the consumer, it looks very commoditized. You, it's hard to tell one from the other. But where the real value is, is in the planning, the tax planning, the estate planning, the cash flow planning, the behavior coaching. So our industry has moved, thankfully, I think this is good for the consumer has moved to a more planning mindset and not as much of a product sales mindset. Well, we've always been that way. So the second, I guess, differentiator is we do comprehensive advice. So we try to give independent objective advice on a whole host of financial matters. And then the final one is really just the coaching, the behavior coaching, because I think that um, many people fail not because of intellect, People are plenty smart enough to accumulate reasonable needs, I mean, reasonable means to meet their goals. But the problem is we get sidetracked by our behavior, which is often driven by our emotions. So we we can be sort of the rational second opinion, if you will, uh, to our clients. So those are the main, the main things I think, uh, Lucia, thanks for asking that, because obviously I'm passionate about it. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yes. And you said something that I really agree. Personal relationship. You need to make them feel important. And there is a solution. Right. Mm. Well, again, it's 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 like um, there are there are. Principles and practices that will that, that can work, but we have to infuse our confidence into our clients because again, they're getting beat on every day by the media and the news, and and it's really negative because they're trying to get an audience. I mean, you don't get you don't get an attention in the media unless you create some um, tension 
that you've got to watch the show right this moment. And so what we're trying to do is get the temperature down so our clients can make rational decisions instead of emotional decisions, but they won't do that if they don't trust us. So back to your point, the relationship is key. And I don't, I mean, there are, there are great firms all over this, this country. And some of them are big giant organizations that have systems and processes and, and you're dealing with a different advisor, you know, every time you call and those, and those aren't bad. They're, they're making our industry more accessible to more people. But I just believe that if you, if you don't have a trusting relationship with an advocate, it's difficult to remain confident, uh, especially in these noisy, challenging times that we are always Mm. seem to be in. And Jeff, what do you think is the most common financial mistake people make? Um, well, I mean, I, I think it's really what I just said. Um, I deal mostly with people who are transitioning to the second act of their life. So act one is they built up some measure of financial success and they're trying to make sure they can transition to act two mm-hmm. and have meaning and purpose and joy. Um, some people call act two retirement. <laughs> um, but I'm, but I think broader because, um, you, you've got to have purpose and a reason to get up every day. And, and so you may not be working for a paycheck anymore, but you've got to have a purpose and and your purpose may be just to hang out with your grandchildren and, and hang out with your friends. I mean, that's fine, but you've got to have a reason to get up and get going. So I think the mistake that people make is, um, they shorten their time horizon. They think, they think whatever's going on in the media, in the markets today, um, is that meaningful? And it's really not. Yeah. It's not that it's unimportant. It's just that it's unknowable. And so my typical 60-year-old or 62-year-old new retiree has 30 years of life expectancy, roughly. And so it's important to have a good strategic plan where you take advantage of the probability. So you have an evidence-based approach where you have a high probability of success over time, but you go relax and enjoy your journey. I mean, you don't have to be watching the the financial news constantly or reading the paper every day, cover to cover, because it's not actionable. It's interesting. It's And it's not, again, it's not that it's not important. It's just not actionable and over, but you've got a longer time horizon. So I think people really shorten their time horizon thinking something's going on right now that I need to act on. And if you really have a good plan, nothing is going on today that should upset your plan if it's a well-thought-out strategic plan aligned with your with your goals and your need, willingness, and ability to take risks. So shortening the time horizon, I guess, is the mistake. I think we should not be forecasting all the time the future. Economy is unstable now. And of course, there is a lot of uncertainty, which makes us very nervous, but we should not be focusing on the problem that's happening now. Well, what I would say about that is, I mean, I I joke about this. So we started our firm in 2003, and I frequently say we've been forecast-free since 2003, because we don't forecast either. Because what you find is most of the forecasts are wrong, or they're a flip of a coin. About half of them are right. And I mean, the forecasts aren't really that helpful. But you can trust the evidence. I mean, you can trust uh, the evidence the way, around the way the markets work, but they're noisy in the short run. They're incredibly noisy in, in, in the short run. So I think you're, I think you're right. We, we spend an awful lot of time trying to predict the future 
and we're trying to predict things that are unpredictable. And it is a challenging time, but but there but there's always challenges. And I'm an I mean I'm an optimist. If you look around the globe today, more people are living under shelter and have clean water, uh, and are living at least a substance lifestyle better than any time in history. And so I think it's easy for us to forget about the progress that we're making uh, or have made. And so I'm, I mean, I'm a, I'm an optimist about the future. I'm not a pessimist. Uh, that, clearly there are challenges. I mean, there are things we have to deal with and we have to be uh, adults about it and face them and, uh, and, and, and address concerns and challenges that we have in the here and now, but life's pretty good for most people around the world more so than it's maybe ever been in history. We just wouldn't know it because we've got 24 seven media telling us how bad it is. So we'll watch the show or, or buy the solution. I was in need to hear to this positivity, Jeff. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I I think, I think uh, John Templeton was, was an investor, a a famous investor. And he, he always said the four most dangerous words in investing is it's different this time. Because he says it's never different. The circumstances are different, but people are similar. And I, my corollary is this too shall pass. <laughs> so, uh, so this, this again, I believe whatever challenges is going on, or if things are going really well, this too shall pass. I mean, markets are cyclical and noisy. Exactly. And Jeff, you've published a book entitled The Money and Meaning Journey, A yeah. Guide to Clarity, financial confidence and joy. So you keep doing amazing things. And can you tell us what inspired your book and what is the story behind it? Yeah. Yeah. So 36 years advising clients and most of that time, as I mentioned, uh, uh, coaching uh, individuals and families who were trying to transition into a life of freedom uh, from having to work for a paycheck, right? retirement or again, I call it act two. I I use sort of the theatrical analogy throughout the book. We have act one and now we're moving to act two, three, and four, so to speak. And um, over the years, what, what I have found is that many people move into act two and they're not very well equipped for what they're likely to face both financially and psychologically, because it can be a very difficult transition. I mean, if you were the, um, vice president of marketing for a large international company on one day and the next day you have no title and everyone and you wore a uniform uh, for the last 30 years as a corporate executive and now you no longer have that uniform uh, there there's kind of a loss because we 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 put on the persona of what we do unfortunately because we're deeper than that I mean, we're, we've all got something, I call it, you know, the Holy Spirit, other people call it their soul, your true self, whatever you want to call it. There's something inside of us that is really who we are. It's not the uniform. But at any rate, many people move into this second phase of their life unprepared, both financially and psychologically for, for not having the, the thing to, asp- to aspire to. And so in 36 years of coaching, that's happened a lot. But one story I tell in the book, which hit me. Uh, this is all the way back in 2003 with my own father. And my father was George Bailey. Uh, if you know who George Bailey is, George Bailey is the main character in the movie. It's a wonderful life. 
the, the classic Christmas mm -hmm. that they show that they show, yeah. you know, 15 times every, every Christmas, Jimmy Stewart and the wonderful yeah. life. That was my dad. He was a small town country banker, loved his community, loved to serve people. That's influenced me. And obviously my career choices, because I've, I've tried to emulate him in many ways. But I remember one day we came home after my mom had unsuccessful surgery to eradicate uh, a cancer that she had that ultimately took her life a couple of years later. Uh, we came home that day and my dad told me that that particular day was one of the three worst days of his life. And he, he told me one of the other three was the day he retired. So that really had an impact on me that he, a time that you would think would be joyful you know, I'm, I'm transitioning to something new. I'm retiring. I, I get to live the American dream because he was financially secure. I mean, he was a conservative country banker and served his people well and and always lived below his means. So he was financially well equipped to enjoy the next phase of his life. You know, had my mom not gotten sick, I guess. But he but losing his career and losing no longer being the the, the counselor and the advocate. So that was back in 2003. Now that was a long time before I wrote this book, but that had an impact on me in, I, I want to help people have something to go to, not to leave, not just to leave from. So it's one thing to have the money, um, but you also want the meaning. And so, so that's what the money and meaning is about. It's how do we marry the purpose and dreams and what makes your heart come alive? The things that you're really passionate about doing in act two with the financial tools to give you the freedom to go do it. So that's what the money and meaning journey is really all about, trying to combine those two. Mm -hmm. And you tell some stories, more stories in your book. It's nonfiction. Is that correct? That is correct. You, you know, I hesitated with some of this, but it's, you know, some of it is, uh, is a memoir. I mean, I tell, I, I expose myself more than maybe I should have, but I, you know, I was just thinking I, I, if it helps someone, um, my story might be helpful. And so, and, and for an example, you, you know, for the first part of my career, I told you, I got into the large financial services company and I became the paper mache guy, you know, I wore the uniform and I talked the talk and, you know, and in reality, what I, what I should have done is just be me, you know, just help people, serve people, tell the truth. But instead I thought I had to drive the expensive car and wear the expensive suits that I couldn't afford and coaching people 30 years older than me and trying to fake it. Uh, sort of fake it till you make it, if you will, as opposed to just being just being authentic. You know, I, I talk in the book a little bit about, you know, figuring out what your why is, uh, you know, and I borrowed some of that language from Simon Sinek's great work and start with why, but figuring out what your why is, because if you if you know what you believe, you'll attract people who believe what you believe. But I didn't know that. And so I went through a period of time in the first part of my career where I was a chameleon. You know, I would change colors based on the individual across the table from me. And it was really, it was really unfulfilling. Uh, so the book, it, I do tell some stories in the book, both about my personal life and things that I went through as I've kind of gotten better at now. And this is a work in progress. I mean, I still struggle with some of the exact same challenges mm -hmm. I discussed. So I am, I am, um, I am the, so the hero in the book is this mid to late career professional who's trying to transition. And into the second act, right? That's the hero. But in many ways, I'm right there with them. I mean, I'm in the same, I'm wrestling with the same thing. So I've tried to be really transparent about my journey, not, not be a know-it-all and 
and, and recognize that this is just an amalgamation of 36 years of coaching clients and a lot of research and training and passion for learning about these issues. So, uh, so yeah, there are quite a few stories, both memoir and other. Are you working on anything at present that you would like to share with us? Yeah, I, I you know, I, I thought about that when you kind of prepped me a little bit for our, our conversation today. And I think the first one is what we're doing right here. I mean, this is new to me. I mean, I've been in the E-Myth, Gerber's great book about how to build successful enterprises. He, he talks about, you know, there's a difference between the entrepreneur and the professional. The professional does the work and the entrepreneur runs the enterprise, right? Mm -hmm. And I've, I've been both. I'm an entrepreneur and I'm a professional serving clients, but I've never been an influencer. I've never been... Uh, I've never been out in the marketplace and, and and tried to share these kinds of messages to a broader audience. And I just decided as I moved into my second act, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to try to share these messages because there's three things I'm passionate about sharing. One is this whole idea around money and meaning together. So you have a joyful second act. So that's one of the three things I love talking about and teaching and coaching. But um But moving into this is new because I've just been serving clients and running it, running a, an entrepreneurial uh, business. The second thing I'm, I'm passionate about uh, sharing a message on is, again, some of the things that we touched on today about behavior, uh, behavioral coaching, you know, um, making sure people make healthy investment decisions or um, financial planning decisions based on what matters most as opposed to and what they can control as opposed to the fad of the day. So the behavior coach. And then the third thing is really about what I call evidence-based investing. Because I think a lot of people are making a lot of uh, investment mistakes today that that uh, through an evidence-based approach, they, they might avoid. So what I'm working on is how do I talk more about this to broader audiences who may never be clients of my firm, but it may be helpful. It may be helpful to them. So that's my new thing. I'm trying to do that. At the same time, serve clients with excellence. I love the work that we do. I am. I have no plans to leave my day job, which is to serve clients um, and to run the organization that I have now. Now, I've transitioned a lot more of the day-to-day -to, -day to other people in the firm who are actually better at most of it than I am. So those are the two things, just trying to make our enterprise uh, better, to serve our clients better. But at the same time, share this message to a broader audience that that I think um, might might benefit from it. Wonderful. So no retirement at all. Not now. Well, well so um, there's a I have a friend and a consultant to our industry called Mitch Anthony. He wrote a fantastic book called The New Retirementality many years ago, and it's on like the sixth edition probably. But he defines work as anything that gives me meaning and creates value for others. And by that definition, I'll work forever. I mean, I want to create value for others and have meaning in my life. And I'll, whether I get paid for it or not, will, will is kind of immaterial. I, I think that as you serve people, you get compensated one way or the other, either through psychic compensation or, 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 or currency, you, you know, uh, there's a, there's a, a guy named Daniel, uh, Rabbi Daniel Lappin, It calls uh, money certificates of appreciation. So, you know, you get certificates of appreciation by serving people. But but I like Mitch Anthony's definition. So 
if you define work as anything that gives me meaning and value to others, I hope to do that forever. This is so amazing when you you can do things for others. And this is very rewarding, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, that's part of what I discovered. And, and I think others have discovered. I mean, I'm not the first. I mean, I'm just la uh, latching on to other people that, but you know, um, it, it's, it's interesting. Um, the, the beach houses and the country club memberships and uh, the, the European vacation, those are all wonderful things because I think we're, we, we, we should, we should carpe diem, right? Enjoy the journey, right. seize the day. I mean, that's what we, I mean, God wants us to enjoy his blessings fully but I think real meaning comes from helping other people. And, and again, I'm fortunate because I get to do that in my vocation. Um, you know, other people have to have to look for other ways to do it, but you can do it just by being a good friend. I mean, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be anything. It doesn't have to be complicated. So, but I think you're right. Uh, to the extent you help other people, it does give you joy. You know, I have a quote as my quote, as you were quoting people, I said, yeah, Dreaming is good, but living your dreams should be your ultimate goal. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and again, I, I, talk, I talk in the book a little bit about um, living in the now. That's kind of what you're talking about. Living, living in the now, um, you know, enjoying the day. Uh, it's precious. I mean, you may, not, you may not have tomorrow, you know, and we all know stories uh, that, that, uh, that are that sadness because people didn't yeah. get to be what they had hoped they were going to be in the world, but living the day and enjoying, enjoying the day is so important. So, yeah, I mean, um, I, I love your quote about dreaming because dreaming is awesome, but, but, you know, we can, we can be, we can be, we can future trip, you know, yeah. we're all, we're, we're just constantly in the future and not in the present. Yes, absolutely. And Jeff, is there a message you would like to leave to our listeners today? Um, yeah, I think I think what I would, I'd leave uh, your listeners is really related to the theme of the book, which is you can enjoy the journey and have a fulfilling second half. This is a little bit self-serving, but but it's not for me. It's for the thought process of finding a guide. So um, I think. Some of these issues are very difficult in the here and now because of all the noise that we just talked about. And so there's some great guides out there who are fiduciary minded advisors. Um, and you and you may have more than one. I mean, you may have someone that helps you flesh out uh, the soft side in terms of, you know, your goal, you know, what matters to you and your values and your purpose and someone else that helps you design and implement the financial strategies. But uh, so I guess the encouragement is that uh, again, in the United States, we, we we have the ability to create financial security for ourselves with just a few simple principles and practices, but they're difficult. So you can do it through a, a systematic process. Uh, and then I just want to, so I'm, so I'm encouraging planning, I guess, and I'm encouraging finding a guide or a series of guides that can help you. And I'm hoping the book can be a starting point. I mean, the book is really designed to be a workbook or a guide to get you started. And then if you want to go deeper, there's some suggestions on ways to go deeper. Thank you for your advice. And where can our listeners find you and of course your book? Yeah, well, the easiest way is to just go to my website, which is jeffbernierauthor.com. So that's J-E-F-F-B-E-R-N-I-E-R, author, A-U-T-H-O-R.com. 
And you can email me. I'd love to hear from you at hello at jeffbernierauthor.com. You can check me out on Twitter at at Bernier Jeff. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn and all the other usual suspects, but jeffbernierauthor.com and hello at jeffbernierauthor.com uh, are probably the easiest way to, to, to check me out and check out the book. Wonderful. And Jeff, you are going to be featured on our e-magazines also. Wonderful. So you'll be on the Relatable Voice magazine, Brand Education, and WordAuthors.org. So I just want to say thank you very much. I learned a lot from you. I'm sure our listeners will love it. And I will be super happy if I have to visit you again. Yeah, well, thanks for visiting. It was a great ride. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.